Hello everybody, my name is Owen, and this is Man's Gadget Talk for Tuesday, 31st of August 2021. Now, alright, right, I didn't do a Thursday episode for the past two weeks. All I'll say is that it's due to my sheer procrastination. The whole day goes by and I just can't seem to get around to doing a podcast. I understand that doing a podcast twice a week is probably a bit too much if you're just starting out, but I really enjoy making podcasts and sharing my take on things to the whole darn world. But as always... Procrastination gets the best of me. Anyways, uh, we've got plenty of things and news to talk about, so let's get rolling, shall we? Before I really talk about tech, I just gotta get this out of the way, and I know, I know, it's pretty hot topic, and it's more about sports, but I've kind of got hooked into it, so I, I gotta talk about this. You gotta, gotta mention it, being a fan of Formula One, um, you know. Uh, but I watched the Formula One Belgian Grand Prix this past weekend, which was hosted at Spa Francorchamps. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce it, probably, but that's how I, that's what I've heard. Spa Francorchamps. So try to be a bit French. It's a really good circuit with high-speed sections and incredible elevation change. But if you've watched the race or checked social media as a fan, and well, you probably will if you follow the sport very well. The whole race almost didn't happen due to heavy fa- rainfall. Fall rain. Why did I say fall rain? Heavy rainfall, which really affects today's turbo hybrid racing cars. They are, you know, the downforce, the how the water sort of disperses, and this sort of uh, you create um, you create something called uh, a kind of. I just found, realized the term that they the commentators were talking about. Uh, you get a bit of spray on like the top of the car, and sort of it creates a very poor visibility. And and again, we're talking about these 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 modern. F1 cars. I mean, if you talk about a couple of decades ago, all right, oh well, it's a different time, but it's 2021, you know. Uh, but yeah, um, unlike the cars of yesterday, really, if you think about it, how bad was it? I can make another podcast completely separate to this, just about F1 and re talk about it in incredible detail, but I don't just don't have that kind of time, really. If uh, you know, if I lived on Mars, I could pull that off and still do a lot. Um, but the gist of it is that we got delays. There was like two laps done with a safety car, and but we, the fans watching at home, and those who really attended it, just sat by, waiting, waiting, and you guessed it, waiting. I would kind of honestly agree with Sir Lewis Hamilton. The fans who went today should get a refund. They waited a very long time out in the rain, like four hours is not really a joke. I mean, it's kind of a joke to wait out four hours and get nothing but two laps. But honestly, the FIA and Formula 1's organizers must have solid rules that can be used in such circumstances. I've heard the whole, why can't you do it on a Monday thing? And uh, if you've watched Sky's Formula 1 broadcast, like you've seen Sky Sports F1, Crofty said it, in case you're curious. I mean, for my British folks, like I've, I've watched the Sky uh, broadcast, in case you missed it. So he kind of he bragged on like, oh, you should do it on Monday. Um, and it's really complicated with the arrangements and the logistics. And then again, if I go into detail, it could be a whole separate podcast by itself. <laughs> but it would be great to have better rules as to managing such a race in extreme weather conditions. And um, and uh, and I won't even go into the super long depth of sporting regulations and racing regulations and the, uh, the sporting code that is there, actually. Uh, that obviously supplements the FIA rules. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I haven't seen any. I have, honestly, again, if you look at it, I'm a bit of a recent F1 fan, and honestly, like most who have been hooked uh, to the sport thanks to Drive to Survive, the critical series on Netflix, it's been baffling to see the mixed communication 
and genuinely I expect better uh, from such a top level open wheel racing series oh well you know things happen you know it wasn't as bad as the US Grand Prix of 2005 in Indianapolis I remember because I watched a video on YouTube about it, it was, like pretty horrible like they couldn't agree on a specific tire choice they couldn't like negotiate and sort of you know get a perfect tire uh, combination set of tires and that was before Pirelli and all and like they didn't race even and, and I was like bananas like I mean go on YouTube and Google up the USGP 2005 it's it's crazy I think that was, that was like what I mean by worst F1 race ever this one is on a whole other level <laughs> I mean uh, so much so that you know the driver of the day is the safety car driver Burr Maylander in my own opinion because he really took it for, he took the circuit for a spin and he really drove really well anyways um, but it was cool to see George Russell on the podium hopefully the first of many to come hopefully in a Merc seat who knows I mean, I, I'm definitely excited to see where he goes, um, you know. But it's great to see him win in a Williams, but it would be great to see him also win in a Mer Mercedes seat. It'll, it'll happen. I, I, I mean, uh, look at what happened last year in the Sahara Grand Prix. Uh, that was uh, interesting, uh, you know. The, the, it can't, I mean, something went wrong with the car, I believe, and that's why he didn't make it to the end. But, you know, he couldn't win podiums. And I, and I, and I think, I mean, it was a quite young, talented driver. Uh, let's hope the Dutch Grand Prix doesn't spoil, doesn't suffer from the same heavy rainfall like Spa. It must spoil the party for Red Bull and all those Max Verstappen fans, you know, all those fanboys who love Verstappen, you know, and the whole uh, Max Lewis battle that is going on. I'm siding with Lewis Hamilton, I'm sorry, okay, Sir Lewis, like he, he, he knows what he's doing and, and he, I mean, he has a pretty good car and it's quite zippy across all sorts of tracks you know street circuits have been horrible for mercedes this year and i know that you know look at monaco and baku back-to-back -back losses and yeah uh but really if you think about it um so far they've put on a solid fight and uh, we're getting started this is the second half of the season so yeah you could say you could see from how much i've talked about it that i'm hooked into f1 for real uh weirdly enough so yeah so uh I mean, I genuinely cannot wait for the genuinely cannot wait for the Dutch Grand Prix later this weekend. You know, it'll be fun to see what happens in Zanderwood. So yeah, hopefully it doesn't rain. Okay, I'm not gonna sit through four hours of race delays and um, the odd team engineers doing the Macarena dance and people running around to fix the uh, the suspensions and stuff. I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna bother. I mean, I'll just switch off and move on with my life. I got other things to do. Okay, I, I'm you know, so yeah. Let's see uh, how far the lights go out <laughs> in that sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but you know. Anyways, we've got to talk about technology, and we've got to talk about technology, obviously. This is what this podcast is all about. We're weeks away from the latest iPhones getting released. We've, been a, we've heard a bit about the upcoming iPhones. It's just that we haven't gotten the barrage of leaks like other devices, but we are expecting a ton of things on the iPhone 13 series, including... And I'm... And I'm Coding here from Mac Rumors here, in case you're curious, uh, including dark and graphite, uh, sorry, dark graphite and bronze colorways, a smaller narrower notch, 120 hertz ProMotion display. I think it would be on the pros probably, uh, given the battery consumption needed and you know and all the power requirements, and apparently a a always-on display. It will be the first iPhone to do that because of the OLED technology that's going to be packed in that phone. 
Um, 25 watt fast charging support. You have to get a plug and then connect it with a USB-C to lightning cable. Then we'll do fast charging in that sense. Sensor shift stabilization on a wide angle sensor on all models. This is a big deal. You know, it'll just move it. It'll stop. Make stop making your ultra wide. Uh, it'll stop making a wide angle photos all wibbly wobbly. And it's the main sensor on the iPhone these days. So that's pretty cool to have. And probably this is not a given. I'm not calling this out. It could happen. You never know. Up to one terabyte of storage on these models. Again, it's pretty pricey, but it's gonna be nice to have nonetheless. But this literally pales in comparison and none compares to the potentially radical feature that could arrive in the iPhone 13 series. A complete new frontier for connectivity. You literally, it's, it's amazing. You, I mean, you, you flick it on, you, no matter where you are, you literally can phone some, I mean, I'm talking about satellite connectivity. If you've heard about it already, I, I may explain. Your iPhone can place phone calls, do text, browse the web and all due to the cellular chips inside it, the Qualcomm or Samsung, depending on what which model you have, it'll be either a Qualcomm chip or a specific, or even an Apple cust a custom Apple cellular chip to connect to the internet to let you access, again, to make calls and, again, do a lot of stuff on a cell network. Uh, and you can access any 4G or 5G network that's literally out there. But this function, however, instead of connect to, connecting to terrestrial cellular networks, in the in the air over the air sort of you connect to low earth orbit satellites in the sky these are different from uh these are different from uh geostationary orbit satellites that you get for broadcasting and and telephone long distance exchange calls and all that kind of stuff um it's different low earth orbits obviously is at a much lower distance and as a result it can kind of connect to planes and ships much quickly and it very quickly and give you fast data transfers and quickly connect you to cloud to cloud backends and seconds and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty impressive. Uh, in fact, Elon Musk's Star, uh, Starlink service from SpaceX uh, uses low Earth orbit uh, geography topology really to deliver that ultra fast speeds and low latency that's there. Again, it's different from geostationary orbit, which you use to bring in satellite TV, which is what people know for. And, and if you live in Bahrain, that's how you get NBC sorts of. I mean, that's, that's geostationary orbit satellites that are doing that. But it's kind of a one-way connection. Low Earth orbit, given a distant lower distance, will give you a kind of two-way connection. So you're able to kind of blast data back and forth, bring in calls and texts and all that kind of stuff. So later it will let you call and text from anywhere on Earth. Now, curious, uh, who, who brought in the scoop here? Famous Apple analyst Ming Chico, you've probably heard of him already when it comes to iPhone rumors and details about things from Apple, broke these details in an investor note that Mac rumors had access to, stating that Apple will add a customized Qualcomm X60 cellular chip that can connect to those satellites in question. According, and I'm gonna, according to Mac rumors, and I'm, I'll, I'll quote their writing here, Co explained that the simplest scenario for providing lower Earth orbit connectivity to users is if individual network operators work with Global Star, which is a satellite provider that has a network constellation of LEO satellites in the sky, in, in explanation terms. Uh, this means that customers of a partner network operator could use Global Star's satellite communication service on the iPhone 13 directly through their network operator with no additional contracts or payments required. So it could be kind of like a, I mean, if you, if you're on a specific cellular network and they start to offer satellite connectivity, it can be a nice add-on on top of your plan, sort of, and you can sort of connect to the network through your iPhone and you won't have to do anything else extra. You don't have to put extra cells or antennas. That's pretty cool.
with uh, again with no additional contracts or payments needed, which is pretty pretty cool nonetheless. Quo added that LEO satellite communications is a technology comparable to millimeter wave 5G in terms of its impact on network on the network industry, and Apple may leverage both technologies. And uh, I'm not surprised because on the Pro models, especially in the regular iPhone 12s, there is like a patch on the side, like it's sort of a kind of exposed section and that's the antenna for the millimeter wave chip and I think Apple could modify it to put uh, LEO compact functionality so it could be matching it could and uh, the if you talk about satellite communication the bands in question KU band L band one's being thrown up in the air right now from all this uh, from all these reports it could work at the same sort of frequencies as regular 5g service so it could work but obviously, you will need like a whole dedicated antenna and it'll sort of have to be sort of almost line of sight and it should perfectly be beamed into the sky and should connect without a problem. Uh, so it's not easy really to pull it off. Um, Quo says that Apple is optimistic about the trend of satellite communications and set up a specific team for research and development of technologies related to it some time ago. Uh, this has kind of been in the air for ages, you know. Uh, Apple really has been working on this technology uh, nonetheless. Then, early today, Mark Gurman over at Bloomberg gave another scoop on the whole satellite phone thing. iPhones will connect to low Earth orbit satellites, but for emergency situations. And uh, it's going to be like this feature called emergency message via satellite. Users can send a text message to emergency services and their contacts. It'll be built right into the messages app, you know, iMessage essentially. You'll get a gray message bubble instead of a blue or green bubble as you'd probably get with iMessage. Along with that, users can send a short-length message straight to the emergency contacts on top of the SOS functionality available at the moment, which is there, so you long press the home button, I believe, and it's there, and report emergencies by sending that data via satellite. So basically, you'll be able to communicate via satellite from your iPhone, but at the beginning, you'll be for emergency purposes. So say you're out in the woods and there's no cell signal, and God forbid a wildfire emergency. It's happening, guys. Climate change is real, okay. <laughs> You can text or call emergency services via satellite, and no, then I mean, at launch you won't be able to call or FaceTime your business contacts on a yacht in the Atlantic Ocean. It'd be lovely, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you're not gonna be able to do it. I mean, it's just for emergency uses, which I think is logical if you look at it. It'll be available by next year, according to sources and rumors. Now, the recent scoop has damped expectations with what you can do with satellite connectivity in the iPhone, but honestly, it will probably come in handy for natural disasters, which are happening at an increasing rate thanks to climate change. It's real, guys. Don't deny it. You know, you know how it goes. You know, I mean, stop burning fuel, all right? I mean, if you can. I'm pretty sure that satellite calling is pretty rock solid, and you can add it to your iPhone. I mean, there are, there are accessories from, like, Providers like Thraya, which is a UAE-based network, satellite uh, phone network, and they offer an attachment for the iPhone. And you can plop it in and essentially connects, you connect to that module via Wi-Fi. And you can literally satellite, do satellite phone calls to people through your iPhone. Though it's pretty bulky, Apple's solution is all seamless and integrated. You know, you won't even feel like it's there. Oh well. But... I think the one thing we need to look at is the capacity and the quality is simply not there for it to be an alternative to 4G or 5G networks, but Apple has a team involved in bringing over satellite connectivity, obviously given the growing hype with Star SpaceX's Starlink service, which is, again, becoming rock solid day by day. 
It has its patch. It's got its. It's. It's a little patchy still. It's a patchwork, but it's getting better day by day. It's improving with more and more satellites and the constellation coming up and all that kind of stuff. But it's still many years away from being a solid option over regular options. If you look at it. Uh, plus, if Apple does create a network and run satellites, it would be highly lucrative for Apple, given it has lots of corporate and high net worth customers, you know, rich people and workaholics who really want to, you know, uh, send data, do iCloud transfers, airdrops over the internet and all that kind of stuff. And they would love to have satellite connectivity and rich people, you know. If you got your iPhone 12 Pro and you're in the Bermuda, you want to phone your buddy back in Long Beach. You literally are FaceTime him. It's just a wonderful feature. And and they'll make a lot of money probably. I'm, I mean, easily. When I heard about that they were pursuing this, like, I thought also thought about that more u potential use case. It could happen. It, it, it's a possibility. You never know, really. It, it could happen. And that's the thing about it. Um, you know? But yeah. Um, as I've mentioned earlier, we're several years away before it really makes sense uh, for it to be, you know, uh, interesting. Uh, the emergency SOS part is still remarkable for a company like Apple, and I know not the first time this is already available, but it can end up becoming pretty mainstream if you look at it in that sense. But that's not all uh, in Apple rumors world. As Nikkei Asia Review reports, that's what it's called, the upcoming Apple Watch could be delayed due to quality issues in production stemming from fitting more components into a smaller body along with, a, with its new and complex design according to its sources. We don't know when the Apple keynote is happening for these, for these new devices, but we should have an event date hopefully by next week or so. I don't know why I wrote in the script week, but a date. Let me just uh, update that and write in. Uh, it's pretty cool. So, you know. So we should know by next week or so. And yeah, that, I mean, uh, there you have it really. That's, that's everything coming from the... From, from Cupertino, from one Apple loop, you know, if you, I mean, that, that will come from the folks in Cupertino, that's for sure. Now, if you're into PCs, this is a big deal, and if you're PCMR, get ready. You know what time it is. Well, not time for Windows updates, it's kind of annoying, but, um, yeah, Windows 11 is coming actually sooner than you think. Microsoft has announced that Windows 11 will be available to all users. On October 5th, 2021, it will be a free upgrade for eligible Windows 10 devices. At launch, you get the new start menu that's in the center, as I mentioned earlier. New and improved snap features, which is there. A widget section with like your news and weather. And yes, because I've, I've kind of had a version of this on, on, uh, because I have a recent version of Windows 10. Uh, again, thanks to Microsoft uh, Windows Update, okay. Uh, and it has like the closest thing to your widget section and sort of has your news and weather and stocks and everything. It's kind of like the cards you get on Google app if you know how that works. Direct X12 Ultimate and direct storage functionality for gamers, which is pretty cool. And much, much more. But Android app support, means you're able to run TikTok and all those kind of apps natively, will not be available on day one. It will not come in the main launch update. Not be on launch. It'll come in a future update though. Uh, they stated that it could have launched on November 11th and they really wanted to, but they brought it a little earlier, which I think is probably a good thing. The earlier the better. And obviously, uh, obviously after October 5th, you're able to buy computers that will have Windows 11 built in, uh, built right in, but it's not much of a difference, frankly. Uh, but hey, there will probably also be devices that will have ARM chips inside them uh, and will run Windows 11, which is a possibility. And there will probably be enough of them out there 
for a little discount on Black Friday. Who knows? But we need to start thinking of Black Friday from now, Jimmy, if you think about it. Speaking of Microsoft, the Surface Duo is getting a second iteration. Yes, that one, that, that one that was released last year, it was interesting. I think it had the 865, the 855 plus, I think, or the 865. Uh, but it was like not a recent, recent so-so Snapdragon chip. But it it's still fast for what it is. And this is because of a leaked uh, Geekbench score showing a score of 1091 uh, in single core performance and 3517 in multi-core which uh, if you correlate to say the Z Fold 3 in terms of performance uh, this means we'll be getting the Snapdragon 888 along with 8GB of RAM as it's shown in the Geekbench score which is which if you base it on it it's a pretty solid jump in the original um, uh, Surface uh, what do you call it again Surface Duo I mean, I've kind of forgotten that it actually exists, weirdly. I don't know why. I don't know how, but, um, yeah, it's happening, guys. We, there's another. I mean, if you, if, you are a, if you are a corporate user, workaholic again, you know, you'd buy an iPhone instead, but you want to get an Android. Yeah, you definitely want to be looking out for this device. But if you could buy other Android phones, you know where my advice ends here. You know you know how it ends. Uh, just just get a Realme GT, you know, you know how it goes. So, yeah, I mean... Pretty interesting, nonetheless. Alright, we've got to talk about smartphones, smartphones, and smartphones. So it's our phone time. Uh, first, we've got to talk about Samsung. Uh, the S21 FE is happening, guys. It, it, we've talked about how it's delayed because of chip shortage and all. Um, it's happening, but apparently, according to the ELEC, uh, a Korean publication, they're claiming that it will not be available on September 9th. It won't be releasing this month as some people are making out to be that. Oh, it'll be available this September, okay? I mean, they released the Z Fold 3 and the Z Flip 3, they'll have the S21 FE, okay? It'll come in, in mid-September, okay? You know, just as the iPhones are coming out, they're gonna bring this out, and it's gonna be cheap, and yeah, it's great and all, but apparently it's getting delayed. Uh, the launch date itself is getting delayed because of the production issues and chip shortages, which means the actual availability could 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 be as late as October or November. Um, it could, it could, I mean, it could be releasing later on in the year, and it could be a bit too late. There's S22 coming out, so I'm sure they should bring it out by October at least, if there are delays. But yeah, the chip shortage is a real problem with for the smartphone industry and for the overall, uh, for just the world of gadgets in general and cars and stuff. It means this made life kind of a, a hardship. Uh, on the flip side, Samsung though has announced they're spending like two, over two hundred billion dollars in life sciences and and uh, you know and uh, and uh, semiconductors and memory stuff to just establish a market domination. So that's going to be interesting uh, to see how that fares into uh, future releases of these devices. If you look at it, switching gears from Samsung Electronics to Samsung Display, yeah, Samsung's display division is sort of exhibiting. A interesting prototype of foldable displays at the IMID 2021 event, the International Meeting for Information Displays. I'm not kidding, guys. I'm not making this up. This is an actual event, and if you don't believe me, Google it. And it's it's a thing. It, it it's happening. It's it's you know, they're they're exhibiting at the event and they're showing off this new fo folding prototype uh, that uh, like the original foldable fold. Uh, prototype did several years ago but this one's interesting it's called samsung flex in and out it's a unique essentially it's a it's a uh it's this like uh double folding display so it's a one widescreen display but it has three 
but it can fold into three portions. So it kind of, it's like a map. Oh yes, old school map. If you've ever had one of those like maps for a specific, de specific destination or a mall or even Disneyland, if you had that like map, you unfolded one section, two section, and you kind of un unravel it and it sort of takes, br brings out more information, you know? That kind, except it's one straight display and it kind of folds out twice. So uh, the idea is that you can use the front display only and then you can fold it out to use the back display or the whole thing, which is interesting. This is a prototype. Uh, we don't know which foldable will have it in the future. It, it, it could come. I think Samsung could. I think if Samsung does make more and more foldables, if the Z line is all folding, it's like the Z line is literally unfolding to be a full lineup of foldables, they could make this product in the future, along with a rolling phone. Who knows? This is just a concept. It might not be an actual thing in the future. Who knows? I, I'm just, I'm just saying. I mean, hear me out. It's just a prototype, so we can't read into it too much. I mean, it'll, it'll come out in the future. Probably, it could be a actual thing you can buy in the future. We're years away from it, like most things. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, interestingly, uh, the Xiaomi Mi 11, or the Xiaomi 11 as well now, kind of call it, it was, it's been pretty great and, you know, pretty crazy displays and, you know, solid performance and cameras and fast charging. Now, uh, we've gotten the first kind of leak, the first kind of, uh, you know, inside information about the upcoming Xiaomi flagship, which will probably come out next year, the Mi, the Xiaomi 12. It'll be called the Xiaomi 12, not the Mi 12. MI is gone, guys, okay? As I've talked in the previous episode last week. It's now called Xiaomi from here on out. But the Xiaomi 12 series will be interesting in the sense that, according to Digital's chat station on, um, you know, on Chinese social media, he's stating that uh, Xiaomi's flagships would come with a triple 50 megapixel Rear, rear setup, uh, giving you either 50 megapixel main, ultrawide, or telephoto sensors. And this is a step up from the potential 200 megapixel or 100 megapixel. Uh, it's not really a downside. I think they're leaving the bigger sensor for the Ultra, the Mi 12, the Xiaomi 12 Ultra. I can't stop saying Mi. There's no Mi without you, you know, how it goes. Anyways, uh, uh, but the Xiaomi 12 Ultra could have a 200 megapixel sensor uh, along with a 50 megapixel ultrawide and telephoto which could be there but the main Xiaomi 12 phones would come with triple 50 megapixel sensors I think maybe they have solid um, you know research I mean they've might probably done a lot of solid development in the background and you don't need to uh, offer bigger and bigger sensors they just need to offer a solid experience nonetheless so I think they're just I'm, I'm not surprised that they're looking to stick with like a solid set of sensors and just offer a better performance, better algorithms, and they're working on it. They're a bigger and bigger brand now. And the Xiaomi 12 series is pretty premium, so they're not gonna screw around and put bigger sensors. You know, bigger isn't really better if you look at it. More megapixels don't really mean anything unless you have better processing or better com computational photography. So that's something to look at in general. And uh, finally, uh, Vivo is going to be releasing a new flagship. We've talked about the X60 last year. Now the X70 is coming out. It's been leaked a lot. And obviously didn't do Thursday's episode, so I kind of missed out on talking about this. But it's a pretty interesting phone. 
you know, to say the least. But the way I'd say it is, this is Vivo's answer to the Mi 11 Ultra. Hands down, Mi 11 Ultra had this, had multiple ludicrous cameras, a little display at the back, so you could, you know, see yourself and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and, um, oh, well, it, it may, probably. And it uh, it has like solid performance it would compete with the mi 11 ultra in that regard but now uh vivo's announced that they're going to show off the x70 series on september 9th 99 get it uh 7 30 p.m china time so that's something to look forward to we'll kind of bring it as it as it comes sort of uh, next week probably yeah next week that'll be next thursday's episode probably if if that happens to be the case uh but yeah um we don't know what models it'll be in the series, but we do know it'll be a standard Pro and Pro Plus because the Pro Plus has been leaked already. The so in, for context, the Vivo X70 uh, Pro Plus will have a 6.7 inch uh, curved AMOLED display. Uh, I mean, and we've gotten this leak from uh, Price Baba and you know the and uh, the other and Steve Huff Heaven Stormer from uh sorry if i pronounced his name horribly from on leaks um and uh what we can see from the x70 pro plus is that you have this unique design at the back it's got a kind of a big old glass bezel in the middle sort of a cutout for the camera with triple camera sensors along with you could probably make out to be uh some maybe a late time of flight sensor or probably laser or yeah laser autofocus according to the uh, leak but you have um you have uh, uh you have 6.7 inch display which is going to be oled pretty cool a massive camera module at the back covering a third of the panel as i've mentioned uh, it'll have zeiss lens like previous x series phones four cameras including uh probably including a uh, this and the laser autofocus led flash so that's pretty cool you have a punch hole display uh, as on the front so there'll be a punch hole camera no in display nonsense sadly under display cameras i was why did i say in display but oh well it's in display cameras and an in display fingerprint sensor that's pretty cool nonetheless but more than that interestingly the back is quite interesting to say the least um so uh, there's like a pretty blank area next to the camera cutout we don't know what it'll be i think it probably is aesthetical to just give an aesthetic, you know, design-wise. Maybe uh, it could be like the Mi 11 Ultra that there's a uh, always-on display at the back that will show a camera and everything, which I, which is pretty cool, a viewfinder. Who knows? It could it could happen. And that's the Pro Plus, probably, um, interestingly. Now, the render is uh, kind of like the, the sort of like the X60, almost. Like, it's got tapered edges uh, on the side. It's curved display also, but, you know, top and bottom tapered edges. Uh, and then you have like a back that is like uh, again it's quite smooth from the looks of it in renders in real life it'll probably be different um, according apparently this will uh, the thickness will be around 11.3 millimeters on the camera bump which is interesting uh, to say the least um, so uh, this will have a full HD plus display uh, the 6.7 inch one uh, that is mentioned Snapdragon triple eight 8GB of RAM, and you can, you can may even get a 12GB RAM variant, which is interesting. Um, it could ship, it, it might ship with a 55W fast charger, it, it, it could be, possibly, you, you never know. 
uh, I'm, I'm sure it's just normal really I don't think it's more excessive or over the over the top if you know what I'm talking about uh, apparently according to digital sta chat station again the same Chinese leaker who talked about the me uh, show me 12 uh, the x70 series of camera uh, the x70 series of phones will have cameras that are powered by vivo's own I image signal processor called the vivo v1 i don't know how much i can believe or how much i can sort of uh glance into that that they have their own isp it would be it'd be a it's a big deal to have your own image signal processor you have the zeiss lens you've got the fast processors you might as well have your own imaging chip which could really change the change the game for photography and uh, the teaser photo um, yeah i mean there's nothing to tell really for that uh but yeah uh this could be shaping up to be an interesting uh flagship phone from vivo and i mean the x series really is some of the best of the best from vivo i mean because if you look at vivo it's just a big mainstream phone brand it has a lot of cheap phones and you know and there's nothing uh there's nothing quite premium that they offer for some people so it's kind of interesting that they uh offer uh, that uh, they're going to release the x70 series and this means they're selling well generally and it's given vivo a bigger market share in china because people in china love to buy expensive phones they have a lot of money they can do it um you know uh so that's interesting to say the least uh you know it's uh we'll see what deck 70 is all about i mean uh, but obviously that's next week in in general we can talk about we can talk a lot more but we're literally out of time what do you think of everything you've heard today let me know on instagram and twitter i'm at said underscore mountain 99 follow me there if you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to podcasts right now uh i mean wherever you're listening right now uh on your preferred app or service if you're on apple on google just hit subscribe and and, and or follow uh it really helps and you won't miss so you won't miss really another episode share it to your friends and family and uh, yeah till the next episode this is your boy signing out Take care, have a great day, and thank you for listening. Uh, you know, uh, and uh, y you know what to do, right? So, yeah. Uh, stay safe. Um, thank you for listening. Ciao.